Hello, my beautiful beans, and welcome to today's episode. So this episode is all going to be about independence, the importance of independence, why it should be a non-negotiable in your life, how to get more independence. And I'm also going to be really breaking down what independence is and what it isn't, because I think that sometimes the lines are a little bit blurred when it comes to figuring out what people mean by independence or what it means to be independent. Um, I think that a lot of people think that it might clash with vulnerability and needing to rely on someone or, or have someone having your back and needing that. There's, there's some differences here, so I'm really going to clarify what I mean by your need for independence and why it is crucial no matter where you are in life, no matter what situation you're in, um, whether it's financial independence, emotional independence, et cetera, et cetera. So before we get into that, not much to update you on my life thus far. Everything's going swell and dandy. I wanted to get straight into the brain fact of today. So it's a pretty interesting syndrome. It's called erotomania or it's also known as de, – okay, just bear with me. It's also known as de de Clarenbolt's de separate word Clarenbolt's syndrome. So it's this is categorized as a subtype of a delusional disorder in the DSM-5. And it's this psychiatric disorder slash syndrome, which is character this is so interesting. It's characterized by this delusion that someone of a higher status, like a social status, normally a celebrity or just someone with a lot of power, is in love with you. So you've just got this delusion that they're in love with you. And Normally, the people that have this delusion are typically really shy and quiet, typically dependent women, and they have this with a man who's considered to be unattainable. So it could be unattainable because he's married, because he's totally uninterested, because she never has the opportunity to meet him, or because of like status or celebrity status, okay? And in some cases, they can even create this person, they can make this person up out of thin air. But normally, it's with someone that's, that actually does exist, right? And this particular condition is more common for women, but obviously stalking in general is not more common in women. Men just display different kinds. Men that stalk are going to display in general more different kinds of stalking behaviours and they're more likely to be violent behaviours. Um, so let's talk about this syndrome, this um, erotomania. So there's two forms of this, of how it can kind of play out. The first one is primary and it occurs on its own and that's where it's considered de Clarenbolt's syndrome and it's a sudden onset. So it just occurs independently on its own and it happens just quite instantaneously. The second form is called secondary and it's co- it has it's a comorbidity or it has comorbid- comorbidities with other disorders such as schizophrenia, paranoid schizophrenia. And it's normally a slower onset. Like you start hearing like they start talking about, you know, a few things here and there and then it gets more and more like they build up this story over time that this person is in love with him. It's not this instant, you know, realisation that they have that this celebrity is in love with him. Now, I want to talk about a famous case of this. There was this woman by the name of Margaret Mary Ray and she suffered from both schizophrenia and erotomania. So that would be the secondary form. And she actually stalked David Letterman and it was so intense that she was arrested eight times over stalking him over the span of a couple of years for literally trespassing on his property. She was found sleeping on his property. She stole his car once and had her child in the car. And then when the police caught her, she told the officers that she was his wife and that the child, her child, was their child. Okay, so fucking hectic. Um, And then she served time in jail and psychiatric hospitals because of this. And then when she was released, she stopped taking the medication that they had given her because the side effects were really affecting her too much. It was like lethargy and weight gain and all of that. So she stopped taking the medication 
And then she moved on from stalking David Letterman to stalking this um, astronaut. Can't remember his name, um, but some famous astronaut as well. And then she was really fucking sad story. She struggled her whole life, and then and was like in and out of prison for stalking these people because she genuinely believed that they were in love with her, and she was just trying to get closer to who she believed loved her and who she loved. Um, but yeah, she was in and out of psychiatric hospitals, on and off medication, and then eventually, years, you know, a few years later, she took her own life. But thought I'd share that very interesting syndrome or condition. Um, look it up if you're interested in it. It's quite fascinating. Anyway, let's get into the topic of today, which is all about the importance of finding your own independence. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to clear up what independence is and what it isn't. Because like I said, I think it's a bit blurry. I had some interesting questions when I did a Facebook Live the other day. So I did want to clarify that. Then I'm going to go into how finding your independence is going to be one of the greatest acts of self-love you can do and then your self-worth, your confidence is going to go up massively when you start to implement a few things that are going to increase your independence. And then I'm going to go go over a couple of things that you can start doing to increase your independence, emotional independence, etc. Um, little ways that you can challenge yourself every day or questions that you can ask yourself every day to kind of intercept moments where you could probably choose them or you know, something that allows you to be a bit more independent. Okay. So the first part, the first thing that I wanted to do is clear up what it is and isn't. This is, we're going to start with what independence is not. Okay. Independence is not having your walls up. Okay. If you have your walls up, it's because you don't feel that you have the ability to cope with what could happen. You don't yet trust your own resilience. I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm so independent. I could never, I could never date someone. I can't let my walls down. I'm too independent. But they're two completely different things, okay? Independence is not about pushing people away. Being single hardly equals being independent. Independence is how you manage yourself and the direction of your life. It's having autonomy. And this can happen in or out of a relationship, okay? Independence is not in competition with vulnerability. You can be a very independent person and you can be very vulnerable and be open to accepting help when you need it. And I feel like for a lot of people, that independence, especially emotional independence, cannot go hand in hand with vulnerability and accepting help. I think internally they feel like it's a clash. If I'm going to say I need your help, if I'm going to say I need to be supported, then it means that I'm not independent, but not at all. And like I said, I recently did this Facebook Live the other day and I had some fucking amazing questions from you guys. I'm just going to do them here and there, these Facebook Lives, if you're not already on the Facebook page, just jump on. It's, you know, uh, Do You Fucking Mind with Alexis Fernandez. Um, just join the group. But I don't want to schedule them in place because I'm a bit all over the place and there's, there's not going to be any consistency with how often I do them. But I am going to sporadically do some lives here and there because it is a really great way to touch base with you guys and have this like live interaction with you and, and get your questions. But, or not but, but... The point of me saying that is that I did have a really good question come up from one of you guys. And the question was something around, something kind of around the lines of, I'm such an independent person, so I struggle to let others in and be vulnerable in a relationship. They were saying, I can't be, like, I'm worried that I can't be happy in a relationship because I value my independence so much, is basically what she was saying. Great question. The thing is that you can have both, okay? Granted, the relationship has got to be a healthy relationship. It cannot be a toxic relationship. You can't be in a codependent or narcissistic relationship. I have podcast episodes that cover both those things. Um, but independence can 
and should exist alongside vulnerability. The difference is that you're not made to feel that you're depending on your partner to the extent that you could not go at it alone. That's the difference, okay? The moment that happens, the moment you feel like you can't leave is when you are no longer independent, okay? You should always feel like you could leave. But the reason you don't leave is because you don't want to leave them, because you want them to be in your life. It is a choice to have them in your life. Okay, if you depend on someone financially or if you are in a codependent relationship where you depend on that person emotionally because you've cut off all these really strong connections with other people or if you feel scared to do anything alone because you've relied on them to do everything with you or for you, then you're likely going to stay because you feel that you cannot leave, not because you don't want to leave. That's the difference. An independent person can be super vulnerable in a relationship and should be really loving, really open, but know at any point that they could leave and they would be okay. It's not to say, I'm not in love with this person, I don't care, I'm, it's not going to affect me, but they can say, no matter how hard this is, I know I can take care of myself and I can leave if this turns sour and if this ends up not serving me at all. Now, when I talk about independence in a relationship, it is really important for you to understand that your partner is your teammate. You cannot look at your partner as a threat, but a teammate, okay? If your partner is a threat to you and to your independence, you have to ask yourself, is this a healthy relationship? Is this person manipulating me? Does this person need me to rely on them for them to feel secure? If that is the case, you might be in a toxic relationship, a manipulative relationship, a codependent relationship. There's a possibility that you are in one of those situations or there's a possibility that you're dating someone who has huge insecurities and they're relying on you to make them feel better about themselves and to make them feel more secure within themselves when it's not really your responsibility to do so. If you love being an independent person and that's why you fear entering a relationship and because it means you're going to have to drop your walls down, then you need to rethink what independence means for you, okay? You, true independence should, should exist deep within you. It shouldn't be something that's easily taken away from you, okay? You should be able to have your walls down because you're independent enough to know that you are resilient when shit hits the fan. It's not this idea of I cannot get hurt. It's how I deal with pain when it happens. Because pain and suffering is inevitable. Go listen to my episode about how pain and suffering is the, your, your whatever, I think the title is how pain and suffering is the, your ticket to the life you want. It's inevitable. Well, pain is inevitable. Suffering is not. But if you have your walls up all the time, then you're saying I can't rely on myself. I can't rely on myself to survive anything that gets thrown at me. I don't, I'm not reliable to me. I can't pull myself out of this. I'm not resilient. I'm not strong enough. So in order to get around that, I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I could be getting hurt. So you're kind of setting yourself up for disappointment. You're saying to yourself, I'm either going to suffer or I'm just going to experience less of life. That's not what independence is about at all. Independence should be where you feel comfortable to put yourself out there, experience the life you want to experience and know that at the end of the day, if shit hits the fan, you can walk away, go through the pain that you need to go through and come out the other end stronger, better, more resilient, happier. Now, sometimes it can be really hard to allow someone to do something for you because you've been burnt before. And then you think that, you know, you think this is the last time that I let someone do something for me because it backfired. But the way I kind of look at it is you've got to get to the point where you're now happy to accept help from a partner and you're happy to lean on your partner 
as like a sounding board, but it still doesn't take away from who you are and it doesn't take away from your freedoms. You can survive without your partner. You can lean on them. You can accept their help. You can help them, but you can survive without them, okay? Together, you make a better team. Together, you're there to try and make each other's lives. You try and enrich each other's lives. And another thing that you that you can do is try whenever possible to, to offer to lighten the load for your partner too. If you can say to your partner, I know you can do this, but I'm offering to do this for you to make your day more manageable, then you're going to understand that if, if I'm willing to do this for my partner because I want to help them, then it's easier to release the reins a bit on that control because independence doesn't mean control, okay? It doesn't mean control over every aspect of your life. That's not independence, okay? And if you can do that for your partner, then it becomes easier for you to do it, for you to allow them to take the reins on something else. And it's not, I'm not talking about tit for tat, and competing of, well, I did this and you did this. You could never, I don't think it's ever possible in a, in a healthy, loving relationship for you to weigh up who's done more, okay? It's all because often you pull, you pull your weight in one thing and your partner pulls their weight in another thing. And the two things are very hard to compare. So it shouldn't be ever about comparison, but it should be if I can, if I can be there for you and lighten the load for you, I will and vice versa. Okay, it's not about, I did this, so now you have to do that whether you want to or not. Not at all. Now for me, my ex, the toxic one, would always throw everything back in my face that he had offered me in the past. If he had done all these favours for me saying, no, I want to do this, I want to do this, then whenever we'd argue, he'd be like, after everything I do for you, do you think I want to be doing this? I have to wait in the car and I come and pick you up and I this and I that. And And so it made me kind of... For a while after the breakup, it made me never want to accept help because the feeling of something being thrown back in your face, especially when you didn't ask for it and they claimed to have done it as a favor and then it gets thrown back in your face, made me feel really guilty and ungrateful and misunderstood. But now I realize that accepting help and favors and assistance from my partner is obviously healthy. And if they're doing it as like ammunition or as leverage, then that's on them. And it has more to do about that person than it ever has to do about you. If someone offers to do something, it is a gift. You don't give a gift and say, well, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for my gift in return. A gift is a gift. And when you offer to do something for someone, it is wholeheartedly. So when your partner says, let me pick you up from work. I don't want you catching the bus today. I've got time. I'm going to pick you up from work. That should be a wholehearted favor. They shouldn't then turn around and say, ha ha, I fucking picked you up from work. Now you have to do this. Then it's not a favor. Okay, that is not a favor and that's on them, has nothing to do with you. And if you both do that for each other randomly throughout the day and week, then there's never a keeping score that needs to happen. Now let's talk about what independence is, okay? Independence is knowing that you're living your life the way you want to live it. It's the ability to say no and follow through and be okay with that decision. It's a comfort in doing things alone and being okay and happy doing things by yourself in your own company. It's being comfortable in your own skin and not needing others to create or build your identity. And what I mean by needing others to create or build your identity is, for example, your partner. Or often, you see this, your children. There's a lot of parents who expect their children to build up their identity, Okay, especially parents who spent so more so you see it with mothers, but it's not it's it's not dependent on a gender thing. It's more so because mothers often, especially in la in the past, were you know stay at home or you know that the father was a sole breadwinner. So you see a lot of mothers who will 
identify as being a mother so, so heavily that then they expect their children to continue their identity and this narrative of who they are. So they need their children to help build their identity and they can't be themselves without their children. They're always talking about their kids, oh, you know, boasting about what their children are doing, expecting their children to live a certain lifestyle and uphold a certain image because it helps build their identity because they don't have the independence to do that. They put pressure on their children to be a certain way. Both mothers and fathers do that because they base a lot of their identity around their children and what their children are doing. They don't have that independence, okay? Um, It is having the emotional freedom to leave a situation because you know that it is the right thing to do, even if it's really hard to leave. It's being able to see what's in your best interest and following through. And it's also not having to rely on someone for your life to be the way you want it to be. That's probably the most important one. Okay, now I'm going to tell you why being independent is one of the greatest acts of self-love that you can do for yourself. The reason why being independent is the greatest act of self-love that you can do is because you are choosing and in control of what direction your life is going to go in. So many people rely on other people to do things that they could do alone. There's no problem relying on someone when you need them because you could not do something without them. That's fucking fine. And there's no problem saying, I'd rather do this with you instead of doing it alone. But what should happen is you should say, I would rather do this with you. But if you can't do it, have a good day. I'm going to do it anyway. This idea that you think that, oh, well, I can't do it unless someone does it with me. It ends up, you end up resenting this person that you expected to do something with you, but then they probably didn't want to do it or said they would and then they tapped out or whatever it is. And then you sit there kind of festering thinking, well, I couldn't do it alone. But there's a lot of things that you could do alone. There's so many things that you could do alone. You might rather do it with someone, but don't let the fact that that person has changed their mind or doesn't want to do something stop you from doing it. Don't set your life up for your experiences to be dependent on someone else's choices, okay? So if you're someone that thinks that you have to do everything with your partner, you are setting yourself up for a hugely disappointing life because your partner is their own person. They have likes, they have dislikes. There are days where they're going to be in the mood, there's days where they're not going to be in the mood. And if you put it on them, as to why you didn't do something because they didn't do it with you, then not only are you going to miss out experiencing things in life, but you're going to resent them for doing nothing wrong, right? You're sitting there being like, well, you don't want to do it with me. They're entitled to say, I'm not fucking interested in that. I don't want to do it. They're entitled to that. I think that a lot of people have this idea that if you're married or if you're in a a strong relationship, long-term, de facto, whatever you call it, You now have to do everything together. You're now glued at the hip. That mentality is setting you up for disaster because if they can't do it or if they don't want to do it, then where are you left standing? And then a lot of people think, well, I can't rock up to this event without my partner. Why not? Why not? You know? And do you know what really annoys me is when people think that, you know, for example, if I was going somewhere and Tyrone said, I really don't want to go, I don't enjoy that, it's not really my jam – And I said, well, I can't rock up alone. I can't rock up. What are people going to think? It looks bad if we rock up alone. Um, We have to go as a united front. We have to go together. Blah, 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 blah. Rubbish, 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 rubbish. Then, okay, let's say then he's like, okay, fine. What if I drag him then? He's like, okay, fine, I'll come. What have I achieved? 
I have achieved dragging my partner to an event that he does not want to go to and then there I am kind of worried that he's not interacting with people the way I want him interacting with people, that he's bored, that he probably wants to go home earlier and then I'm here torn between wanting to enjoy myself but also thinking, fuck, do I now have to go home because my partner doesn't want to be here? That's what I've achieved and nothing more than that. Whereas alternatively, I could be like, oh, that's a shame. I would have actually loved to go with you but I'm not going to fucking pull you along to an event where you're not going to have fun because that's fucked. So have a good afternoon and I'll see you when I get home. And then you go. And the beauty of it is I go to the event. I have a fucking ball because I'm not having to babysit someone that doesn't want to be there. I'm not responsible for someone's enjoyment of the event while I'm there. I can literally just let my hair down, have a ball. There's no curfew as to when I need to leave because no one is suffering on my watch. And then when I'm good and ready, I leave and I had the best fucking time. Okay. So this idea of, oh, but like, okay, for example, I had an ex, 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 and he was fully sober, right? Did not touch a, dr- a drop of alcohol. And so every time I celebrated my birthday or whatever it was, he would come for the start, maybe like dinner or whatever. And then he's like, well, I'm going home. And people would always say to me, isn't that a bit unfair? Like he never goes clubbing with you. Don't you think that's unfair? Like, wouldn't you like – and I said, no, but he doesn't drink. He's sober. He, d- he hates clubbing. He hates being in a club. It's fucking triggering for him. Absolutely hates it. So I don't really want him at the club. They're like, yeah, but it's your birthday. He could do it for you. He could do it for you. And I'm like, why the fuck would I want him to do this for me? And he's standing in a club suffering, hating his life, so I can be like, my boyfriend's at the club with me. Suffering. Why? Why? It's this ridiculous notion that because you're dating, you are now blended into one fucking being. Once you realise that you can and have the right to and should do what you want when you want without having to rely on your partner or your friend or somebody in your circle to go with you and experience that with you, you're going to experience so much more freedom and you're going to start to respect yourself and your decisions and your independence and freedom so much more. You're going to think, wow, I'm actually still going to go to this thing and I don't have to rely on anyone to be there. It's fucking amazing. And you end up having a ball. Instead of sitting there being like, none of my friends wanted to go, so I wasn't able to go. You just think, you know what, I'm going to bite the bullet and buy a ticket to that thing and go alone. I don't care. There, I recently, just on, on actually the other day, did a lot of you guys listen to my friends um, Happy Hour with Lucy and Nikki, their podcast, and they did this fucking epic live show in Sydney and I met a bunch of you guys, fuck legends, lords of the dance floor, amazing people. And there were a handful of people that I met there that had rocked up alone. Thank you for doing that. And they said, oh, like my, I don't have friends that, that were available or I don't have friends that, you know, listen to the podcast as intensely as I do. And so they weren't really interested in coming or whatever the reason was, but they were like, but I still really want to go. So instead of sitting here sulking, cause I had no one to go with, I just bit the bullet, bought the fucking ticket, rocked up to this event and had a ball. Everyone there was interacting with each other. The same thing happened when I went to Rachel Dillon's Move With Us live event on the Gold Coast. There was a handful of people there that I spoke to that said, I just rocked up alone and I've actually already made friends with the people around me. This has been such a great experience. I've met people in my community. You sometimes are better off going alone to certain things. Fine if you're going with someone that's just as passionate as you are to a movie, an event or whatever, but sometimes you'll be missing out on the beauty of going somewhere and interacting with people that are just as excited as you are 
And you probably would not have interacted with these people if you had your safety blanket of your partner there or your friend that doesn't even really want to be there. Do you know what I mean? Do yourself a favour and let yourself know that you are enough to go somewhere alone. You are enough. You have enough to offer. And even if you don't interact with a soul, you deserve to experience an event, a situation, anything on your own, in your own company. You can be great company to yourself without having to interact with anybody. And you deserve that. And you need to remind yourself that of that all the time. Don't sit there and say, I couldn't do this alone. Why? Why are you selling yourself so short saying that you can't do something alone? You do not need to have your hand held. And also, if you're an introvert, no one's holding a gun to your head saying you've got to talk to people when you go to this place. If you, you could go to a movie alone. Do you think anyone even notices when people rock up? I think people think, oh, but what are people going to think? I'm sure that I've been around so many situations where someone's going to the movies alone, having a coffee, haven't even noticed, haven't even noticed because people don't think about you as much as you think that they do. Unfortunately, unfortunately, they don't give a fuck. So if you're doing something by yourself, no one gives a fuck except you. And because you care so much, you end up not doing it thinking that you need someone with you. Do yourself a favor and let yourself know that you are enough and you are enough fun to be your own company to go somewhere alone. Now, I want to go through a bunch of things that you can do around your own independence. So like little ways that you can challenge yourself or think, you know, things to think about every day. Um, There might be some questions or some tasks that you can do. Okay. So the first thing is that I want you to start doing more things by yourself. Okay. Start small and then work your way up. So that way you don't have like a lot of aversion or anxiety around it. So the best thing you can do is... um, ordering a coffee ha- to, to have there at the cafe and you just sit there alone because it's a very short thing that you have to do alone. A lot of people already do this and fantastic. You're already, you know, one step ahead and I'll give you other things that you can do in a sec. But for someone that absolutely is not used to being alone or doing anything alone, order a coffee and say, I'll have that here. Not in a takeaway cup. I'll have it in a fucking mug or cup or whatever. And you sit down, you have the coffee brought out to you and then this is the next tip or trick, pull out a book, okay? Not your phone because your phone, you're actually actually still engaging with people if you're on your phone, okay? You feel like you're engaging with people and it kind of defeats the purpose of this training course that you're doing for yourself. Whip out a book because you're not interacting with another person or social media or whatever and read the fucking book, okay? Drink your coffee, read the book. Be there for 10 minutes, 15 if you can, and then leave. Amazing, that was easy, no one thought no one gives a fuck, okay? And then if you can do that, then start to stretch it out. One thing that I personally love to do is I will go to a cafe and I will write. I love to write, you know, for the book, but then obviously ideas for the podcast and whatever. And ideally I like to do it with no Wi-Fi. Go into a cafe, I take my laptop, iPad, whatever, and I order lunch and I have a full-on lunch by myself writing. It's fucking the best. I love it. I do it all the time and it, I just love I love being alone but around the the hustle and bustle and movement of people. It's one of my favorite things in the world to do um, and in my life to do, okay? So do that. Read a book or write and ne- next time you order lunch, you order a meal. Then one-up it and buy a ticket to a movie that you really want to see and rock up to the movies by yourself and watch a movie alone. 
Um, then, of course, there's, you know, really extreme ones like go for a weekend away to another city, book a trip overseas by yourself. You can take this as far as you want to take it. Do you know what I'm saying? But start with the coffee and then maybe tomorrow you can fucking book your one-way ticket to Paris. The next thing you can do, this is a question. I want you to ask yourself often, often, am I here because I want to be or because I feel that I can't leave? Okay? And if especially when it comes to certain relationships in your life. If it's the one where it's I feel that I can't leave, then ask yourself why do I feel that I can't leave? What do I need from this person or situation that I can't provide for myself? And when you get the answer to that, ask yourself, am I capable of providing that for myself or do I actually need that thing in my life? Okay, start to get to the bottom of it and the bottom of it and the bottom of it. And again, this goes hand in hand with the Toxic Psychos and Red Flags podcast, with this Narcissist podcast. Go listen to them if you are in a toxic relationship because it's going to help you identify if you're in that kind of situation or not. The next thing I want you to do is to really identify if you are worried to take action on something without first seeking approval from your partner or others. And if so, ask why do I need their approval? I'm obviously referring to things that that concern you and don't directly impact other people, of course. But if you think, I really want to do this thing, but I can't actually quite bite the bullet and do it unless I ask my partner for their approval, then you've got to ask them, am I feeling this way because I'm so reliant on my partner and I'm just so used to it? Or am I worried that they're going to get angry with me for taking steps on this thing that I want to do without first consulting them. Which one is it? Start identifying patterns, identify. You can't change what you don't acknowledge. So every time you're at that crossroads of like, oh, I want to do that. But before I do it, I'm going to ask my partner. I, if I'm doing something for me, for myself and only for myself, unless it's like a big financial decision, I don't, I don't, and I don't need to, nor do I, consult Tyrone about it. I just go ahead and do it. And then he comes home that day and be like, guess what I signed up for? I'm fucking doing this today. Or I'm going to go do this. Or I'm going to fucking go with the girls in a few weekends' time to this trip. And he's like, amazing. Love that for you. You know, you tell, you don't ask. If it concerns them, of course you ask. But if it concerns you, your time, your money, your resources, you don't have to ask. You can just tell them that you've made a decision. End of story. The next thing is if you have not made plans with your partner, it is okay to just say, I'm doing this this afternoon with X, with so-and-so. You don't need to presume that you and your partner are hanging out 24-7. If you presume that you are hanging out 24-7, then that's when you're going to ask for approval to do things, okay? You either commit to a plan with them or you didn't. And if you have no plan, then your time is your time. You can say yes to an invitation without first asking your partner. If your partner hasn't first said, hey, this afternoon, are you free? Let's do this. If they haven't said that and you haven't then turned around and agreed, then that afternoon is yours to do whatever you want with. What I hate is when you make plans with a friend and then you say to your partner, oh, I'm actually meeting up with, you know, Liv this afternoon. And they turn around and say, oh, I thought that we were going to hang out though, but I thought that we were going to – no, can't. No, can't. Don't manipulate me. We never said we were going to hang out. As much as I love hanging out with you, that's not an arrangement that we made. Love you so much, but don't fucking make me feel bad about something that I've done nothing wrong in. My friends asked me to go out. I want to go out with them. We didn't make plans. I'm going out with them, okay? Don't be made to feel guilty and you're, because, because of this situation. Your partner does not have first dibs on your time. 
nor do you have first dibs on your partner's time. You have first dibs on your own fucking time. This concept around ownership of your partner's time needs to die in the ass, okay? Like get rid of that shit in a relationship. Now make sure that this is a mutual thing. I I always try and remind you guys, whatever you feel is being done to you, make sure you're not doing it to your partner. So if you're thinking, yeah, I relate. Oh, fuck yeah, I relate. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Are you doing that to your partner? Are you, do you, are you, do you feel entitled to their time? Do you feel entitled to their calendar? And if your partner was to turn around and say, oh, I've made plans with my friends this afternoon, would you be offended? Would you be like, well, why didn't you ask me what I'm doing first? Would you or would you not? Okay, you've really got to dig deep and ask yourself these hard questions because it's so easy to feel like, I can relate to that. I hate it when my partner does that to me. But it's really, it's a lot harder to identify when you're the one doing these behaviours to your partner. Okay, so just be mindful of that all the time. Everything I talk about, try and turn the tables and ask yourself, do I do this too? Because if you can identify that, then you can change it. And if you can change it, then you can improve your relationships so much quicker when you're the one pulling your pulling yourself up in your own bullshit. And then another thing you can do for your own independence is if you genuinely don't want to go somewhere, and of course you haven't already, I'm not talking about if you've fully committed to going somewhere and you're actually putting someone out and fucking them over by not going. I'm saying if someone's inviting you to something, learn how to say, I would love for you to go, but without me, if you don't want to go, obviously. That is one of the best ways to show like, I still want you, and this could be with your best friend, your parent, you say, it doesn't have to, I'm not, this is not specifically to your romantic partner, but it's important for you to say, I am, you know, obviously not have no control over what you do, but I'm more than happy for you to go. I just would rather not. And I would rather you go and enjoy yourself than feel guilty for going when I don't want to go. You know, get good at saying no and, and letting that person do what they want to do, you know. I'm going to make my own plans this afternoon. The same goes for like friendship groups and things like that. I have no problem when all my friends are organizing something or if something's not my cup of tea, it's not my jam. I have no problem all my friends going and doing that thing and me sitting it out because it's just not what I want to do. You know, love you all so much, love your company, but that specific activity that you're doing, I'm not, I, to be honest, not that interested. Don't want to do it. I'd rather just sit at home and watch Formula One. So I'm not going to do that. I, I put a lot of effort and time into my friends. I do a lot of stuff with them. I'm not going to now feel guilty that I'm not going to go to this one event that they want to do or a concert or whatever it is that it is. So get good at identifying, am I going there because I feel I have to or am I going there because I genuinely, genuinely want to go there? So start getting good at saying no when you really don't want to go somewhere and just sitting at home and chilling. Here's another thing. Spend more time by yourself. Enjoy your own company. Start getting excited to be alone, whether it's you can do like self-care things or whatever evening, but start setting a date with yourself. Block out a time, block out a date. Learn to say to your partner, I want to have this afternoon just alone. If you feel, this is really important, if you feel right now that you could not say to your partner, I want to be alone for a few hours this afternoon just to do some self-care or just to chill out, just completely alone. If you feel that you cannot say that to your partner, then you of all people have so much work to do around this topic. And it's fucking exciting because there's a lot of growth that you're going to experience. But you need, that needs to change. Everybody should feel entitled and have the right to ask for an afternoon alone. Everybody, okay? And if your partner gets offended or upset or whatever, direct them to this episode, okay? 
And the same goes for you. Would you be offended if your partner said, I just want to be alone this afternoon? And if you would be offended, it's probably because you feel the same. You, you, you're caught up in this idea where people have to be glued at the hip and whatever, which is perfectly fine. But ask yourself, why do I feel this way? Why do I have these ideas and these concepts around what's right and what's wrong about being alone when you're in a relationship? Just get good at letting people know when you want to be alone. Get good at enjoying your own company. Do it for an hour every self. Some people cannot be alone at all. But you need to learn to be alone, to learn what you want and what you don't want. If you can't bear to be alone with yourself, it's because you don't know, you can't even, you don't even know how to listen to yourself then. You don't know how to listen to what you truly want and what you don't want because you've not paused and asked yourself, am I comfortable right now? What do I want out of life? What am I feeling? What am I excited about? What am I stressing about? You're just always filling up every spare moment, every gap in the day with something to entertain yourself or to pacify yourself or to, you know, anything to not be alone, that then you actually miss out on what your body or what your mind is trying to tell you. It's important for everyone to have alone time. And if you're not getting that, then that is one of the best steps to help to help you get to that independent place where you, you know, the more you understand yourself, the more you can sit with yourself, the more independent you can become because you have more self-awareness. Self-awareness is crucial for independence, okay? Because you know what you're willing to put up with, what you're not willing to put up with, what you want and what you don't want. It's the best thing ever. Guys, thank you so, so much for listening to today's episode. I want you to constantly remind yourself, I am enough to be able to do this on my own. I am good enough company that I can enjoy my own company. I am worth spending time with. I am worth dedicating the time to myself. If you feel that that's not the case, then you need to do more work around that. Listen to all my other self-love episodes. It's all kind of going to tie in, okay? But you have to understand your value that you would want to spend time with yourself, okay? And then when you understand that value, then you know where you can place you know, where, you, where you're going to divide yourself as far as time and energy, okay? If you don't value yourself, you're going to let yourself get stretched so fucking thin. But if you really value yourself and you love yourself and you respect your time, then you're going to be a bit more picky on where you, what you are going to do with your time and what you're not going to do with your time. You're going to be a lot more independent, okay? I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Guys, thank you so much for sharing all the episodes you guys are the best. I've now got an Instagram page. I think I mentioned this last episode, but it's DYFM Podcast. Go check out that Instagram page. We're going to start putting more things up. We're going to start filming interviews and things like that. So we can have like little snippets. Anytime I do an interview, there'll be like videos and snippets up there. It's going to be a fun time. So jump on that um, on that Instagram uh, page as well. Love you guys so much. As always, remember, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Don't care.